Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to a new episode of Ten Backwards. I am one of your hosts, Rick Everson, and I am joined in person for the first time in a long, long flipping time by my co-hosts, Rick Palmer. Hello. Gemma Turland. Hello. And Will Turland. Hello. It's been so long since all been I even forgot to paint the picture with my words of where I you sat did. around the table. So for reference, I'm at one end of the table. To my left is Rick Palmer. And then to my right is Gemma, and then next to her is Will. So now, you know, you can see where everyone is. Fix that in your memory, listeners, (laughs) because it will be important later. (laughs) So, thanks for listening, and we'll... Oh, no, hang on, we have got some flipping Star Trek to talk about. Um, So, yeah, today we are going to talk about the Borg a bit. You might remember one of our previous episodes, we talked about Best of Both Worlds, and how flipping great that is so we thought let's let's follow up and let's go a bit further along the next generation's line and see what they did with the borg for an encore hmm. um and so that basically means we're talking about iborg and then descent parts one and two uh, yeah because there there was it seems like there was a sort of an opinion that the borg were weakened somewhat after best of both worlds when they when they returned in tng stories they weren't as powerful a threat Mm. as Mm. they were and it was there's there's an idea in sort of fan circles that's the beginning of the weakening of the borg and and that maybe sort of was carried on by voyager and yeah i mean it's the the problem was best of both worlds made the borg really flipping Mm -hmm. unbeatable Mm. how can you make further Mm. stories about that if you go to q who they're terrifying. The Borg are absolutely like, how the heck are we ever going to beat them? And that played really well into Best of Both Worlds because you had this foe coming, you had no idea. And in fairness, the writers didn't even have a clue. When they wrote that cliffhanger, mm-hmm. they had no idea what they are going to do. They had to come back and they right, we're going to pull this out of our ass. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they managed it. And But how do you do that when it's so close that time? How do you bring them back mm-hmm. without weakening them? Um, yeah. And I would say what they did with Iborg was just to tell an entirely different story. And that yeah. worked really well. Hmm. I, I remember reading, um, listening to uh, Ron Moore's um, episode commentaries on Battlestar Galactica. He had similar reservations about the, the Cylons because in, in the sort of s- the third and fourth season of Battlestar, they, they start to do some different things with the Cylons. And he. He sort of had some some regret. He well, not, not, it doesn't actually say that he has some regrets, but he liked the early seasons where the Silence were just an unbeatable enemy, mm-hmm. and the only, a bit like the Borg, the only defense that Who's Battlestar running? had, yeah, running away, yeah, and then. But they 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 sort of got to the point where you, you can't just do that same no. story again and again, and they they wanted to do something different feels like a very similar thing with the Borg. If if you have an enemy that is so un, undefeatable, mm-hmm. then h- how many stories can you tell about that enemy being defeated <laughs> the, before it's not, yeah. it's not true anymore? And that's also the problem with making a faceless monster a character, is that every character has flaws and vulnerabilities mm. and 
and you will inevitably make them a little bit less scary yeah mm. yeah um, I mean that was kind of the thing they had with best of both worlds is they sort of right we've got no face for the ball we've got no determ- you know nothing to really play off so they gave it a face and it was Picard mm. and that was horrifying mm. because it wasn't it wasn't then the Borg had got a personality with flaws mm-hmm. and such. It was the Borg have taken our captain and turned him. So it's like, that's really that. And you, but you can't necessarily revisit that well again, can you? No, no that's it. So, so yeah, what they did this time was, was give the Borg a face in terms of a, a, an innocent injured child almost. Mm. And then yeah. sort of turn around and say, yeah, so is, is he... Is he is he this evil foe? Yeah. Is every and single Borg a mm. victim? Yeah. I mean, um, I Borg is definitely um, Picard episode, isn't it? It's about mm-hmm. him facing the Borg and what they did to him. It's about him dealing with the anger that he has about the, you know, the way that he was violated by mm-hmm. them. Mm. Yeah, and I like. That there's a bit of a running theme through the episode where he won't go and see you, mm-hmm. and that the, 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 some of the best scenes are with uh, with Guinan mm-hmm. and Picard, and basically Guinan calling Picard on his his bullshit, basically because mm-hmm. he he's what? he has you know he sort of there's a point where he says I don't need there's no reason for me to go and see this Borg. Yeah. It's like what, what have I got? To, what am I going to learn from that? What am I going to say to him? Yeah. And Guinan's like, well, you know, maybe you should. Yeah. I haven't talked to it. Why not? I saw no need. If you're going to use this person... It's not a person, damn it, it's a Borg! If you are going to use this person to destroy his race, you should at least look him in the eye once before you do it. Yeah, but also she starts off uh, being even more hard-nosed than yeah. Picard. She yeah. she doesn't even want him on the ship. Yeah. She she you should have just left him to die. That kind there's, of a, there's a great scene where they're fencing. Picard and yeah. Guinan fencing. Yeah. She makes a she makes a good point oh, by feigning injury. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You all right? You felt sorry for me. Look what it got you. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like it feels like within the within the crew of the Enterprise, the main cast, there's a there's sort of levels of compassion. Like Doctor mm. Crusher is the mm. most compassionate, then Geordie, and then there are these other two characters like Guinan and Captain Picard who are who are, have resistance to resistance, <laughs> resistance well, to compassion <laughs> with the Borg because they're the ones they're probably the two char- the two characters who have been most directly affected mm. by them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're also the sort of like the older characters on the crew, like particularly Guinan. Yeah, I suppose, and that they're, they're a bit more, I don't know, they're a bit more sort of set in their ways. But then they are the two that have been most hurt yeah, by I the war. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah is and true. that's the big thing. And it's really good actually that they had Guinan for that episode because obviously Whoopi Goldberg's not always mm. available for every episode. Mm. But this was a great one to have her in because Guinan does have that history. Guinan has this thing about the Borg so mm-hmm. and I think the fact that um, Geordie convinces her and meeting Hugh and you know she's her famed listening 
she gets a new understanding, she's then able to turn around and go, actually, yeah, I was up, I was, I was wrong. Um, and Picard, you know, you need to go talk to this dude. Yeah, mm. I even like in in that scene where she goes to Picard. There's a there's a bit at the beginning where she kind of says that she wants Picard to convince her mm. that he is right. Mm. Um, because I suppose so. The whole ethical dilemma. It's a classic Star Trek setup, actually, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's you know, so so Hugh is a has sort of been recognised as an individual Borg and the Enterprise crew discover there might be a way to basically uh, sort of commit genocide mm, and basically. wipe out the Borg with yeah. a um, like a dodgy sort of Windows virus and yeah, upload in Hugh's ears <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah it's almost biological warfare genocide yeah and then the question comes is is that right mm. to wipe out a species like that and uh, yeah it's a, a classic sort of tng scenario where they're all having a meeting about it sat yeah. around the mm. conference table although they don't have any snacks this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um i suppose what this episode does is that is that it gives a like you were saying before Gemma, it gives a face mm. it gives it, it gives a face mm. to the Borg, this enemy and i suppose i suppose picard and guinan have a it's easy to hate something without a face. It's mm. easy to just sort of pour all that negativity onto them, because yeah. you know, quite rightly, because they, you know, they annihilated your race or they mm. they took your individuality. Yeah. And but when when you meet Hugh, you do realise that the Borg are sort of in some way are a, are billions of of victims. Yeah. They're all yeah. They're all prisoners as well. So yeah, I think. I think that's something this episode does well and it kind of progresses through the episode as well like they it reaches it kind of reaches a den- denouement of, of the decision that they make i think mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. great because it, it's it, you kind of have the way that people perceive straight from the off dr crusher perceives this borg as a as a person who needs medical help mm-hmm. and all the doctor things geordie perceives him as an engineering thing to overcome and you know there's a person underneath that. Mm. And I suppose when you consider Geordie's friendship with Data, it's like, how far removed is he from an artificial... He's, he's just a person with some artificial bit strapped on. Where's that difference? Mm. Whereas, obviously, in that meeting particularly, Reich is quite vehement. They're, they're a hostile force. Mm. And his perception is they're a hostile force. Picard's perception is obviously that. And their approach is, well, this is... Um, oh, I suppose that... that thingy they were coming up with was going to put them into some sort of continuous loop and break down their collective consciousness as they try to analyse it's effectively it's the next generation thing of Kirk <laughs> making yeah. the computers get steam coming out it is, of it isn't yeah. it it's like they g- it's g- like gives them like a funny look. gives them a funny shape yeah. that yeah. they can't it's understand isn't yeah. it but th- this is the shape's all weird and woo and they won't yeah. start looking at it but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how they're perceiving it it's this threat that you can break down in that way mm. and it's that hostility whereas you know if if Kirk had seen a, a human in place of those things mm-hmm. he, you know he wouldn't have been able to do it in the same way yeah why doesn't the ship's computer go nuts with that shape <laughs> maybe this <Yeah. laughs> uh, look ship's computer don't worry about don't the ship you yeah. it's don't fine don't, don't think about it too much don't, yeah. just don't think about that shape <laughs> don't analyse it whatever <laughs> how can a geometric form disable a computer system the shape is a paradox, sir, and it cannot exist in real time or space. When Hugh's imaging apparatus imprints this on his biochips, he'll try to analyze it. 
he will be unsuccessful and will store the shape in his memory banks. It will be shunted to a subroutine for further analysis. And when the Borg download his memory, it'll be incorporated into their network, then they'll try to analyze it. Uh, it's a good thing Zora wasn't uh, in charge on uh, the uh, Enterprise D or that would be. Though we're not talking about Discovery yet, are we? I know, I think now Rick's up to speed with. No, I have watched it, but oh, I, don't yeah, yeah. All right. but I yeah. don't think we're doing episodes about it, are we? No, no, no. No, 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 we're not. no, we said we'd stay off that until it was properly available in the UK. Yeah. But thank you, for, thank you for the consideration. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. I wasn't being considerate. No, you weren't being <laughs> of anyone. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, I really like the, the way that Picard's attitude slowly changes over mm. the episode, and it and it is quite a slow mm. change. And it isn't really until the the, the the scene where he gets you alone in his ready room and, mm-hmm. and talks to him Tr- that is actually test him. yeah or does test him yeah. but interestingly his his attitude to the Borg doesn't change I don't think mm. it is purely this individual in mm. front of him um, that it is it is Hugh's idea isn't it to go back it's purely Hugh's idea because he doesn't want the danger mm. to follow them yeah they yeah. say you, you can you can they basically say you can ask for asylum yeah yeah um yeah and he yeah yeah it's, yeah the, i think the difference is um picard's eyes are opened up to the fact that individual borg are victims which actually mm. really he should know more he than anyone should. That, that's yeah. that is one thing that bugs yeah. me he's talking he's he is a person who has been a borg and then mm. was rescued and has recovered as, um, but he still is incapable of, of of seeing that in anyone else until he speaks to Hugh. But even then, because when we go to first contact, oh, he yeah. mercil- mercilessly cuts down Borg drones that were his crew hours before. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and, and uh, quite rightly, Lily calls him out on that and you know, says, where's your evolved sensibilities then? You didn't even mm-hmm. try and help him. Ahab. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind yeah. of interesting that when we gets to first contact and I know we haven't really planned this episode to cover that um, a lot of what he's learned from this seems to have been forgotten yeah yeah but and I, I wonder if that was a a sort of decision because the movies were, were very much sort of action driven mm. and I, I wonder if that was they thought well you know if we get too deeply into Things like I Borg is, is that just going to be confusing for casual viewers? I, I I vaguely recall an interview with the writers who sort of said who said in terms of first contact we basically decided to ignore Descent. Mm. So and you know as, I think when you look at Descent and I Borg they're kind of a combined story mm. in a way. So they're also a com- they're also a compartmentalized story, and this is my argument about why they don't those three episodes do not damage the Borg as a whole because it was the one cube that was mm. affected mm. by him. Yeah. And which, you know, they they were affected. They were cut off from the collective. Yeah. As they do. And um yeah, so the Borg weren't damaged. It was just these this group. Yeah. because um, I, I I haven't watched them, I kind of always felt that it's kind of left a little bit open. They talk about the Borg as a whole, but they never sort of say definitively that's wrecked the whole collective mm. and there's only mm. the one ship. And it's quite easy to take the viewers <coughs> to say, 
Mm. But it is. And do you know, bizarrely, there's a novel that points that out, written by Shatner. Mm. Oh, right. His, his post-Generations novel, where the Borg and Romulans ally and resurrect Captain Kirk for reasons that are not entirely <laughs> keeping with the Borg philosophy, but never mind. But there, he, there's, there's a chapter in there which are, he specifically says that the Borg collective essentially cut that ship off. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah, so before it could damage the entire collective, which makes perfect sense, really. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't there a the the ship in? I know we're going into in Voyager, the ship of the children. Wasn't that one cut off from the mm. collective as well? Yeah, mm. yeah, because that's one of the things they say that yeah. like the collective aren't coming for these kids. Mm-hmm. There, you know. So, yeah. Um, but yes, we, we before we digress too far off into other series. Um, so just just the, what what do we think of Hugh because we kind of danced around him as we talked about the effect on our on our regular crew. Mm. But Hugh as a as a character, how do we feel about this guy and how he what what he's actually like? He's like I guess he's quite childlike, isn't mm. he? Um, and I I think that the episode plays out that way so because then the audience are, are sympathetic yeah. to mm. him there's like an innocence to him isn't there mm. and he at first he is quite hostile um but he you know when he realizes he's he's on his own you you discover that he's scared and and mm-hmm. it's like it's like pre-programmed stuff he just has to come out with by row isn't it yeah 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 i mean yeah he's that's simply what you say mm. Jordy must not die. Jordy is a friend. You will assist us to assimilate this vessel. You are Borg. You will assist us. I will not. I'm interested in how long he's he's been assimilated for. Like, because he does regain his faculties quite quickly. Mm. Um, you would think that for someone who was assimilated as a child, there was there are certain ways of interacting with an other individuals you just could not do. Mm. So, presumably, from that, I, I'm getting too deep into it. I think for, well, for the episode. Are, yeah, I suppose. How old Maybe is you? A teenager. Many. Yeah, I mean, that, they they and they, they they certainly act like he is. Basically, mm. a, a child, and mm. I, I'm, you know, I'm sure that they they have a line like that in the episode. Yeah, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a child, but um, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I suppose in in a way with Hugh, I kind of got the impression that he'd always been a Borg, mm. that he would have been one of those babies in a vegetable drawer we saw in Q Who. You mm. <laughs> from Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the reason he does that is because he's just following board programming yeah. to a point and then he gets to a thing he's cut off and he's just having to wing it in a way and I think he finds but it easier but how is he capable of winging it if he's always been part of the collective in that way in a hive mind I think because he's innocently that works on consensus because he, he's innocently open to the experience whereas someone like Seven mm. I think if has a human child as an individual yeah. then is assimilated goes through and I think for her it's by acknowledging that and going back you're acknowledging the trauma mm-hmm. 
I know. No, I'm. Yeah, so no, I, I, if that's I agree why she, with that. It's harder because she's kind of having to revert. Where mm-hmm. Hugh is just experiencing this complete open and instantly. Yes, but how can no? I, I, I but how can he? I mean, he can. Uh, he's because he's he'll be biologically programmed to have a sense of self. But how can he then see others if he has no experience of that? I mean, I suppose he, you know, they. They talk of the voices in their head and mm. they hear the voices, so that in that kind of is actually a sense of individuals. Because if you're, but if he has always been part of the collective from birth, how can he look at other other people and mm. say you're another person, and I'm going to interact with you like this? I'm going to ask you a question mm. if you can't, if you've never had that concept you've never asked a question mm. or seen anyone ask a question maybe, yes, maybe the concepts exist don't they maybe like so being a drone you I, I I imagine it's a bit like like possession perhaps like you're something else is using you mm. to do stuff it's it you're sort of in the background you're sat at the back of your own mm. consciousness mm. or something else is sort of using your body to to perform functions so maybe this maybe when he was cut off like he's able to i don't know i think it's a good point isn't it it's like how does it work mm. <laughs> but yeah well, is, is he very quickly learning it because geordie's just chattering away and asking questions yeah. as he goes along i think the the answer is probably is it, it, it's written that like it all has to happen in one episode so like there isn't really time for them to sort of deal like for for the episode to work he has to get he has to get these concepts in in 40 minutes <laughs> so that um we we can tell the story mm-hmm. so may, maybe that is a bit of a um you know a stretch of the the tv writing but mm-hmm. yeah but i, don't I suppose know. just does Unimatrix Zero exist at this point? Um, no, well, no. They've no. not come up with it at that point, have they? Right. So. so there's no sort of place where where the individuals sort of go to be individuals and then they don't remember it when they wake up, when they're Borgs again. Oh, I mean... Because that would, that I mean, would in terms give of, them a sense of yeah. In terms of in story, when, yeah, I suppose it does exist to that point. Whether he was in it, he wouldn't remember anyway, would he? Because Seven but when was, he's, But maybe when he's cut when off he's from the collective... Off, it, you, but yeah. when Seven was cut off, she didn't remember until... Yeah, but, but maybe. <laughs> maybe he yeah. remembers it on a sort of subconscious yeah, exactly, level, so yeah. maybe he's able yeah. to... So Unimatrix Zero, social interaction that yeah. he has had subconsciously leaks through. Oh, OK. Actually, it's very neat. Really neat, simple headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK. Yeah. Um, um, what were we talking about? Oh, it's the Borg, wasn't should it? We, should, we, should we move on to, to Descent? part one and two because I, I feel like we've uh, we sort of covered how we feel about iBorg mm-hmm. um, unless unless anyone else has any more things they want to say about iBorg I mean I, I think we can agree that that episode doesn't doesn't weaken them because it's a different type of story yeah it just gives us more of an insight into the collective yeah mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea to do it as well mm-hmm. so take that and sort of you know take that terrible foe that everyone was frightened of and then like present it as a innocent victim and say well could like the crew said could you could you shoot this down in cold blood yeah, now yeah. Like, oh no it lays the way for well, Wolf could. and it lays the way for seven of nine's character as well. it does yeah i mean they they take a long form storytelling thing of doing that with her yeah so 
I mean, I could see how, as a as a fan at the time, you might be thrilled to discover that the Borg are showing up mm. again. Oh my God, another Borg episode! This is going to be off the hook. Everyone, come in! Everyone, come, look at this! They're doing the Borg again on TNG. Wait and see what they do. It's, oh, it's a really talky one. <laughs> oh, okay, they've made friends with the Borg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but then, if, would, would it have been satisfying if they just tried to rehash? Best of both worlds. Again. No, yeah, so, that that's it. What else did they mm. they needed to to tell a different story about the Borg? And it feels like that's it's probably very... why it took them so long to come back to the Borg. Because mm. it's is it in the fifth season? It's fifth season, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's toward the end, so it is nearly two years on. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, and and it's a really good episode. Yeah, um, as well. Very it's, good. it's 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 only disappointing if you're expecting a big space battle. Mm. Um, if you look, actually look at the episode for what it is, it's it's really good. It's classic yeah. TNG, definitely. Oh, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. a fantastic episode for those Star Trek threads and that moral dilemma to think through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unusually for Picard, he spends a lot of the episode on the wrong side of it as well. So, but that's that's again, that's a good thing that we acknowledge this past event that happened, in, particularly in TNG being much more episodic. Yeah. So it was nice to have that acknowledgement in that and follow that up. Yeah. Yeah, and in a way the descent um is almost a direct follow up to Iborg, actually. Yeah. And and yeah, especially because as we said, generally TNG is quite episodic, so I don't know if Hugh gets much of a mention between <laughs> between Iborg and Descent. So it's not a thing, I don't believe. <laughs> of course. There's no point in one of their poker games when someone goes do you remember that guy Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, he's I wonder how he's doing. Yeah. Mm. He's all right. When they start talking about him in Descent, it's like, oh, it's our old, our old mate, Hugh, yeah. who we're always talking about, mm. although we haven't <laughs> mentioned him since uh, season five. Yeah. It's kind of, it's quite interesting. You go into Descent and um, Picard gets an absolute bollocking mm. for, for turning around to the right course of action. I'm also bound by my oath and my conscience to uphold certain principles. And I will not sacrifice them in order to... Your priority is to safeguard the lives of Federation citizens, not to wrestle with your conscience. I want to make it clear that if you have a similar opportunity in the future, an opportunity to destroy the Borg, you are under orders to take advantage of it. Is that understood? Yes, sir. And that that feels like... A really direct follow-up to because uh, it feels like he, he maybe should have had that bollocking like pretty soon after mm. <laughs> i book why why is the admiral waited like another two years to give him that time well, i think that but... might be the admirable admirable <laughs> the admiral's personal feelings on yeah. that yeah yeah and that's not um policy that's like yeah, yeah. i am not cool with this it's it's a it's a great scene though because I mean she she does have a point and mm. Picard knows she has a point because mm. he he wrestles yeah. with that decision he, even in retrospect he's not sure if yeah he, before mm. she if arrives he right sat there he's reviewing the recordings and he's mm. like he was right here in this room I had the chance to rip the Federation of a mortal threat. Yeah, he's fired up his little portable DVD player and he's watching yeah. iBook. <laughs> oh, better remember what I did in that episode because yeah. I bet that's going to come up. <laughs> Descent part one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely... It feels like with Descent part one, they 
they wanted to sort of return to the the more exciting kind of action format. Of the, yeah. Of the well, board, we, we end up we begin the episode and we begin with a holodeck thing, but mm. we go in. There's a brilliant bit in the teaser. The teaser literally ends with the mansion open a door and there's a Borg drone stood there yeah. straight into credits. But in the teaser, they've put the title and the guest stars in, which they'd never done before the credits, only in this one episode. And the reason being is because straight after the credits roll, we're going to have an awesome firefight. Yes. A bunch of bloody words getting in the way. I know. When when we were watching it, I was like, Gemma, Gemma, do you know what? I think this is is the only time that we do it. You'll find they put the uh, the credits at the beginning because I just think like Edison's voice. Yes, sure. I think you'll find they put the credits at the beginning. very interesting. Thank you for telling me about that. After the, yeah, there's an action sequence and they didn't want to sort of ruin that. It's actually very interesting. Well, thank you for telling me that, Will. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Is the actor who plays Einstein in the holodeck uh, part of the the episode, is that the actor that plays Bishop Brennan? It in, is. In, oh, in Ten? Oh, and yes. also um, Babylon 5 yes. guest star. Yes, yeah, he shows up as a judge. Because I, I knew it was... Um, I, know who, I know Jim Norton, mm. I know that name. And I know Jim Norton played Bishop Brennan, but... I, I wasn't sure who it was in that episode. I thought it must be Einstein. It's the only person it can be. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good. He does. He does good Einstein. He does yeah. do good Einstein. He doesn't yeah. get kicked up the arse <laughs> in that <laughs> scene. <laughs> well, we don't right. see it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, uh, that's a different grump, program. Grumpy grump old um, thing. He did it. Newton. Newton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did seem pretty cross with him. The perihelion of Mercury. Would have processed in the opposite direction. <laughs> that is a great story. <laughs> Quite amusing, Dr. Hawking. You see, Sir Isaac, the joke depends on an understanding of the relativistic curvature of space time. If two non inertial reference frames are in relative motion. Do not patronize me, sir. I invented physics. I, I was chatting to, um, to one of my friends about this episode, and he, he reckoned that this. That when we see um, Stephen Hawking show up, he's the only person to have played himself in TNG. Is that is that right? I think he is. I can't think of another be, yeah. real person that played themselves in. No, no, I think TNG. that is yeah, mm. yeah. Or in or in all of Star Trek. Yeah. Has well, anyone why, else? Why, yeah. Shown up and played themselves. Well, who who would have? You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it's really tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone... Yeah, I think Stephen Hawking holds that record, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Okay, cool. confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that whole bit, because it's, it's kind of like the... If you had a holiday, you know, the old, the old question of, oh, if you could have dinner with anyone, any mm. people from history, dead or alive, mm. well, the holiday, you can actually do that. And, yeah. But Dave's always doesn't eat tea, so he plays poker. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a really fun scene. There's, mm. there's a lot of like quite nice jokes. Yeah, there, and it's yeah, it's all well done. Um, yeah, and and also it do, it does have some relevance to the to the episode, I suppose, because it's about data and about his mm. the way he looks at things, and that that becomes an important part of yeah of mm. descent. Um, so yeah, the the. Basic story of, of Descent Part One is that it seems like the the Borg are, are out and about again, yeah. and getting up to no up good. To their old tricks, um, but, and but not their old tricks. Not their new old tricks. tricks. New yeah. tricks. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they they uh, they they leave their dead behind. They do, mm. and they use phasers. Yeah, and they show concern for a fallen yeah. Yeah. comrade. They and one of them, themselves. one of them sits at the back and does a little commentary on who the different species yeah. are yeah. while <laughs> the fight's going on, which is a weird yeah. little. Identifies them and and the easiest way to kill them. Yeah, yeah. So, which would be unnerving. Yeah, I can't really unnerving. <laughs> I can't help feeling the other Borgs be like, "Can you speak up?" <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't need to say, you don't need to say that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you can just record it. And can you join yeah. Dave? Can like, you help? Get <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. stand I'm, I'm there. performing a valuable function. <laughs> Should get him in the spine. <laughs> Why aren't you aiming for his spine? <laughs> Biological organism Klingon. Biological organism human. Oh, not bringing Dave next time. <laughs> It's always on about the best way to kill people. But never yeah. actually does it. He's yeah. always offering advice. Yeah. yeah it's like Garrison in the murderer. office going on about his, like, his TA abilities. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah so it's very good. Um, but yeah, and then obviously the crew notice that things are a bit off, and Rikus says that bit about it's more like fighting Klingons than Borg. No offence. No token. I, I kind of wish Worf had just stood up and walked out and yeah. really yeah. pissed off. Yeah. It was just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then Data gets all cross. Yes, mm. yeah, that's, that's Data gets... important bit. We, mm-hmm. Data gets angry. It does. And loves and, it. Yeah. yeah. Gets like a rage Gets bone. Yes, they are. Angry and horny. Great combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, yeah, we, we're, we're slightly diverging from the Borg, but, but we definitely want to talk about how um, mm. uh, Data tries to elicit an emotional response mm. for himself yeah. by by uh, checking out some pornography. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tells Troy, doesn't he? Yeah. I listened to several operas known to be uplifting. I watched three holodeck programs designed to be humorous, and I made four attempts to induce sexual desire by subjecting myself to erotic imagery. I have a theory about this. I think I think he got that idea from holographic Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Do you think could so? be right? I've watched. Um, my, my reasoning for this is that I've been I've seen that film, The Theory of Everything, mm. and at the end of that. He ditches his wife for a saucy nurse. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, um, who shows him porn and, and tugs him off. <laughs> and, and, um, and to be fair, tugging Stephen Hawking off meant he lasted. I mean, he, I mean motor yeah. neurone disease, kill, yeah. use, not to get morbid, but motor <laughs> neurone disease, he sadly, usually is fatal within a few, a few years. Yeah. Mm. He lived for another 40 odd, at least. I'm not entirely sure you can claim that. I think you can. Let me finish. What I'm saying is, I, I think getting hand jobs from a sorting nurse <laughs> kept him alive for another 40 years. And I think in that, that, that he would be the perfect person to say, Data, you know, when, you, want, you need to check this stuff out, man, because if you want to get a reaction, I know I did. I, was... I lived for another 40 years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to know what wide range of porn he was looking at because maybe he just wasn't looking at the right stuff. Yeah, everyone has a kink, right? So, like Stephen Hawking. Well, obviously not Stephen Hawking. <laughs> he knew, yeah, he knew the right stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. That was my point, I guess. <laughs> I, I figure Riker's got some... I mean, Riker would be into everything. God, yeah. There yeah, won't be a kink Riker hasn't tried. There's probably... I imagine Data went to have a look at some of Riker's programmes and it, 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 they, did, they just crashed the... Si- yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> crashed Excel because the list was too long. <laughs> Every known kink and then a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't a kink until Riker made it one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm just really glad that the holo- holodeck program that Geordie just walked into without it was, oh, was just, ten minutes earlier. just yeah. the murdery one. <laughs> no one ever locked the door in the holodeck, no, did they? And... I, no, Geordie put in a whole code boop, 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 boop. Oh, hi, Data. Yeah. He obviously overrode whatever was locking yeah. the door. It's like, who's in there? Privacy. Privacy. It's like, who's in the holodeck? Well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Going anyway. <laughs> And then he walked, oh, my eyes! Oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> my thighs are... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's the, it's the, you'd never get it out of the little... Um, oh, God. Little, he'd, he'd, yeah, he'd the have to sort bit. of... Steve oh, mm. clean it. <laughs> I just meant because you'd seen something you didn't want to see. I oh, right. Yeah, right. That. <laughs> jeez. Um, well, this is taking a sophisticated term yeah <laughs> well data definitely Wait, no he didn't did he? he did he get stimulated no he didn't didn't elicit a response did no. it? he didn't he try boner no a robo boner yeah i mean I, I don't know I, I still find it a bit weird that troy um counsels her friends and colleagues yeah mm. I think there must be more counselling staff and I would say it's probably not she's not the best choice as she has obviously personal relationships yeah um, and you know she might not want to hear about data coming to her and saying oh yeah I'm trying to have a wank <laughs> she seemed quite cool with it yeah well I mean she's I mean, sort of fairly yeah. sort of open Blame about that sort of thing yeah. but I did I, it was... <laughs> oh no no why did they say that <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, Thanks the picture I actually... that count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, um, she actually got some... She got to do some counselling. She did. So that's Actually, good. it's a really good scene. And some actual... Yeah. You know, she was open. She... Oh, shit. <laughs> um, she didn't... She, yeah, she did good counselling. I can't say anything now yeah. without it being wrong. Um... She offered efficient counsel. She did offer efficient counsel. Mm. Efficient and um, non-judgmental. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yes. it's a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there is, I suppose it's... The, the, there is a parallel between um, Data and, and the Borg, and I think that that's why his B story plays out so prevalently in this, because he's, you know, he, he's another mm. uh, life form... It's mm. kind of similar to the Borg, yeah. Uh, and and we, you know, we, we we see more of that in First Contact, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This relationship with the Borg Queen, uh, which isn't what we're talking about here. No, but, no. but they're interesting. Well, they're also they divert. They're kind of polar opposites, aren't they? Mm. Also, because they're both. Um, yeah, they're they're trying to achieve totally yeah. different things. Yeah, Data wants his 
goal is to become more boy. human. Yeah, mm. and the yeah, mm-hmm. the Borg don't want that at all. Yeah. No, they want to absorb everything. And it actually turns out that um, this particular group of Borg are being steered towards becoming entirely artificial. Yes, by, yeah. by law. Flipping it, flipping and reversing it, as yeah. Missy Elliott would say. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I really yeah. love. It made me chuckle a bit that that um, the Lord's Borg are sort of a bit of a rabble. Like, you know, they're like rah 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 when they come in. They all go like rah 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 rabble rabble rabble. Aren't they magnificent? <laughs> and they're all like yeah 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That made me. That, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, I, so you're referring to the scene right near the end of part yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I jumped a bit ahead. Of it. No, it's fine. We, 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 we don't have to adhere to no order. <laughs> um, so as um, Picard, Geordie, Troy, and disposable security man number two, <laughs> yeah, in the hall. Um, all this point. Yeah, I was thinking it's like the the the, the shout because the ball gets to a certain point in circle and stop. But the shouting continues, <laughs> and I, I can I tell you because obviously then the security guy looks really stressed and raises his phaser rifle and shot down really quick. So I guess it was kind of like for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then then Law comes out and shouts stop, but they had kind of stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's a really cool ending, mm. um, oh, yeah. and it's it's a great cliffhanger because it's like. Yeah, Law shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, surprise motherfuckers. motherfuckers. It's me, Law. Wait, and doesn't know. Picard's are like, Data! Uh, and they're like, Troy's like, it's not Data. Keep up, old man. <laughs> yeah. Data? That's not Data. What? You should listen to her, Captain. She's way ahead of you. Law. Law's headquarters are kind of cool. He's got... He's got banners and flags. He has. He's, yeah. he's got. He's branded them he had, already pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where did I don't? Where were they constructed? That's when I. Who's who's been weaving the banners or tapestry? Maybe they've got a bunch of. Probably the Borgs. Borgs be making doing, little tapestries. Because that is the the recognised Borg symbol as well, though. So he's not. Actually, he's not rebranded them. He's no. taken their existing branding. Mm. Just, uh, and then, oh, okay. The, I didn't know that that was mm, the yeah. Borg symbol before this. Yeah, that's, that's a weird thing. It's not often used because actually, why would the Borg go mm. plastering their their symbols all over the place? Mm. So, but yeah, they've got that nice one, a big one on the floor as well. It's very, very well nice put together. Although it looks a little reminiscent of the Power Rangers base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Nice. It is the pattern. Is, is what I yeah. yeah it does look uh, like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, get get to F Zordon. Laws <laughs> <laughs> in town. Zordon. <laughs> I like good. yeah. Good. I like Laws' little peck suit as well. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Nice yeah. tits, Check Laura. Laura's muscle vest. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's, it's a really cool ending because you, you as an audience if you don't know mm. what happens in part two you're like oh my god so law is is leading like a kind of splinter group of borg who are going to come and decimate the federation obviously like, what the hell's going to go down in part two and that data's helping epic space band yeah yeah and data's on that's kind of an important thing data's like switch sides <laughs> yeah so. <clears throat> So, oh my God, imagine the, imagine the high action of the season seven opener. This is going to be off the hook. And then you, you get to part two and it's, 
it's not, it's not really like that yeah. at all. <laughs> they all just mill around the base for ages. It's like, what, what yeah. was, when are they going to attack? <laughs> Where's the plan? Where are all the ships? It's all this talk of, a, of an invasion of the Federation. Mm. Um, he's yeah. all talking no trousers. Lord he, knows, yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. He's just all mm. talking no peg suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, they, they're not... The ship isn't even committed to chasing down the Enterprise and destroying it. It's no. just chasing them off. What? Yeah, what... What was the ship doing? I mean, was it in... It, what, they were luring them in, weren't they? Because mm. they wanted to get data, but... Then the ship just runs off and then comes back and shoots them a bit and then leaves them and then they come back. Essentially, the it... ship seems to be guarding the planet. Yeah. So I don't know if they're like, right, we'll just we'll just make sure the planet's guarded while Law comes up with the next bit of his plan, whatever that is. <laughs> and Law's like, um, I don't know, stick some stick some spikes in Geordie's face for a little bit and see if we can. <laughs> to do in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I, my guess is um, that. Law is working on a on, on his experiments on the Borg mm. in the in the first thing, and mm-hmm. I suppose he didn't do anything too soon before he's properly consolidated his hold on data, because it's kind of tenuous at best it as is. we progress, isn't it? Um, yeah, so it's kind of it's, it's, some, it's fairly horrible stuff actually that Data's forced to torture his friend. Mm. That's some pretty grim bits there yeah uh, we also we've skimmed over or skimmed past the um the really uncomfortable scene with the borg i don't know his name now um in the um in, uh, spaceship prison what spaceship brig, brig. there oh. you go the borg in the brig yeah kind croesus. of um croesus yes um, ooh, really creepy and yeah. disturbing scene with him and uh, Data. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, going back to part one. Yes. Because um, he, yeah, he, initi- he initiates the yeah. Way, a big, doesn't big he? Big clue there when he activates that little component and Data starts. But you know, he essentially gets Data to admit that he would kill Geordie. Yeah. And that he felt pleasure when he when yeah. he. Um, Murdered that book, and oh, I really like that scene. Yeah, I love seeing dark data. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, it's how did it feel to get angry? Did it give you pleasure? It would be unethical to take pleasure in another being's death. You didn't answer my question. Did it feel good to kill? Yes. There's another one of Law's Borg called Croesus. Wasn't the one of the Borg that died at the initial skirmish called Croesus? Or was it Croesus that got angry and said, you killed this other dude? I think there might be more than one Croesus. Or, or I've just given Croesus the name. at the back <laughs> giving the commentary. Ah, <laughs> ah they're all Croesus. They're all Croesus. <laughs> no, because I know, isn't it, wasn't it Law that gave them their names? I'm just thinking Law was a bit late. You're, <laughs> Your Croesus, your Croesus, your Croesus, and your Croesus. Your Ginger. Yeah, your Croesus as well. <laughs> hey, hey, Croesus. <laughs> anyway, oh, maybe I got a bit confused. No, not you, Croesus. Maybe, was, maybe there's just one Croesus. <laughs> anyway, just thought that that was something that I got confused by watching that episode. I wasn't sure if there was one Croesus or. Or a bunch of Croesuses. Is that is it? Is a bunch a of Croesuses? Is it cross eye? A cross eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
be overwhelmed by infinite Croesus. It'd be a Croesus crisis. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I really like all the stuff. Um, I mean, th- this is getting a bit off topic again, but but in this episode, I really like all the stuff with Beverly in charge of the yes. Enterprise. That is and fantastic. The, yeah, and the little. It's almost like a sort of a bit of a lower decks command crew that she's left with because mm, yeah. everyone else is down on the planet and it's just a nice little kind of subplot about about the you know the ensign who comes up with a yeah like tent. an idea and there's just a, a little bit of a of a kind of back and forth between her and the and the other guy who's Barnaby, a little bit cocky is it, and, is it Barnaby or Barnaby Bar- 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 I can work out whether his eyebrows were prosthetic mm. Like he's had a little bit of alien eyebrow going on, or they were just—he's just got really weird yeah, yeah, eyebrows. Well, a fascinating fact here. Ooh, so okay. they activate the metaphasic shielding, yes, which harks back to the episode Suspicions, where that was invented by a Ferengi who was then murdered, and Beverly got fired because she did an autopsy on him, and then she mm-hmm. ended up trying to prove that it worked and who the murderer was. Mm-hmm. And the alien who was the murderer, who tried to steal it, Jabril, played by the same actor. It's that guy. Yeah. No. So maybe, maybe his Jabril makeup messed his eyebrows up. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. There's also an irony that he's he's you know, one episode he's an alien trying to steal it. And he's he's connected then, to this. And the other episode thought... he's poo-pooing. It. It's like, <laughs> David, he's not even been tested. Yeah. You can't use that. God. Hasn't been tested. <laughs> he did some great standing in the background acting as well. I thought. Like, yeah. very, a lot like, of raised I'm, eyebrow. Yes, I'm work. gazing off. In this the idea distance. is going to raise my eyebrow. What? <laughs> yeah. what? But it's, it is good though because it just it just gives a little bit more kind of character to those scenes and and it just adds a bit more uh, to to that to that Brilliant. little story because yeah. yeah. you know there's just a little bit of feeling there like yeah you know brilliant. when the, when the ensign when it works yeah yeah yay. Yay, <laughs> good yeah. she showed that guy yeah mm. and when she and gave him a bit of sass. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's a nice little bit of that. I can't yeah. remember what it is that she well, says. I'll just have to make my calculations are accurate, Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's like telling Tate. How do you know this will work? I did my senior honors thesis on solar dynamics. Excuse me, sir, but this isn't the academy, and a student thesis is a long way from a workable plan. I've already configured the tractor emitters to create the particle beam, and I've located the target point on the surface. If her calculations are off, that eruption could encompass us. Well, I'll just have to make sure my calculations are accurate, Lieutenant. But then, but by the end, I, I feel like they've they've bonded and they're friends yeah, because he, you know, yeah. he respects her and she's proved herself. Yeah, and he's and like, yeah. It, it's only because um, Beverly said to, for her to stay on the bridge mm. in the yeah. station. So I like that that she sort of saw something in that ensign and kept there, and then yeah, like Beverly like pulling some like background crew together and. Taking a Borg ship down with them is brilliant. Yeah, one yeah. of the absolute highlights. My my one criticism of um, Beverly as captain is when the bit there's that bit where they they're scrabbling around to find ways to just buy a little bit more time when they so that when they arrive back to the planet they can beam everyone up oh, yeah. and scarper in time and they they faff around with a few they, there's a bit where they get like another an extra workout way to get an extra 15 seconds um and they're doing this thing where they have to come out of warp at the last minute and they do that and they and they they leap out of warp and then 
Then they then they talk for about 15 seconds. <laughs> Once we're in orbit, we should have about 45 seconds before they intercept us. Let's hope it's enough time. Emergency deceleration in five seconds. Hold on. Report. We're in standard orbit, sir. The Borg ship is on the planet's far side and is moving to intercept. Reach to transporter rooms. Begin evacuations. And like, what <laughs> and the ensign the establishes that they're there, and then she like then Beverly gives the order to start beaming up people. I'm like, why? Why wasn't the order as soon as we arrive at the planet? Don't wait for me to t- just beam them up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point of getting these extra seconds. She doesn't even talk quickly. <laughs> In fact, I don't think that's specific to uh, Dr. Crusher. I think loads of times we've seen people do that. They've <laughs> yeah, talked about yeah. how they've got to execute this thing and then they've just sort of moved really slowly and did yeah. this through the crucial yeah. ten seconds at the beginning. Henson, so-and-so, report, have we arrived at the planet? Yes, we have. Right, telephone engineering. <laughs> Telephoning them now, sir. <laughs> we've got them on the line. OK, engineering, I would like you to do the thing that I said you have to do really quick. The thing? Oh, yes, yes, OK. <laughs> just, oh, it's too late, everyone's dead. <laughs> Oh, if only there's a better way of doing this. <laughs> there was another bit, I think, in I think in part one of Descent that made me chuckle, where it's where they're looking for data, and they're they're climbing up a hill, and they're kind of like, oh, he could be anywhere. <laughs> How far could he get? And then they, and then the droid just goes over. Oh look, it's <laughs> <laughs> probably there. It's <laughs> the power he's in there. Oh yeah, I bet. I mean, I liked it. I mean, it made me chuckle. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, again, this is Troy being the one who's, who's sorting it out because yeah. the rest of them are all dithering around. The car doesn't even know data from law, but she she's on it. <laughs> I also like it when um, uh, Riker and, and Worf are down the planet and they're, I don't know what they're doing, they're just fumbling about. And then oh, they get yeah. surprised by Borg. Surprise, Borg! Ah! They would just, just like, come out like of the corners of the screen, but they're, they're such lumbering mechanical. How did they sneak up on they're like, oh, ninjas? They found us. <laughs> it's like how did... they didn't go like rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> they, just, they, would, they just didn't say anything. You would have thought like Wolf is a, is a keen warrior. How did he not notice them? Before they were right there. Yeah, that bit's a bit dumb. <laughs> Yeah, no offence, Worf, but you should have heard them. <laughs> That's what yeah. Riker should have said. I think, I think they offence this time. They, they were too busy talking about Riker's kinky holler programmes and just they yeah. weren't paying attention. That was probably it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we should talk about the sort of the the Borg, <laughs> <Yeah>. the Borg, <laughs> because um, yeah, we Hugh shows up again in this episode, mm, and he is pissed and off with them. Yeah. Hugh, why are you here, Commander Riker? Hasn't the crew of the Enterprise caused enough damage already? It's all their fault. Mm. Everything. Yeah, and yeah. We, we, we basically find out what happened after he rejoined the Borg following mm. um, I Borg. And it's and quite it's traumatic, isn't it? What yeah. happened to the Borg on that ship? Yeah. They just broke mm. down some... What was it? Some just stopped... Yeah, some just gave up gave and up stopped and died. functions. Yeah. Like, yeah. God. Yeah, it's kind he, of quite sobering, really, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he sort of calls the, the Enterprise crew on their decision on, on what what they did there. Mm. And how it was... I mean, it, well, it was his fair, decision to It was his, his idea, back. wasn't it? 
I mean, what could they have done? Their choice was to send to try and commit genocide, which they decided against. Yeah. To keep you on board the Enterprise and be forever running away from the Borg. Mm. Or and his decision was to go back. They kind of said maybe some element of the, his individuality will affect them. What that could have a more powerful effect. Yeah. Sort of this sort of throwaway line, and that ultimately is what comes to pass. But you know, it's not particularly predictable no. for them. Uh, and and what 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 could they have done to not do that? Maybe he's just transferring his guilt. I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think ultimately, obviously, he still pre- appreciates for himself the gift that they gave him. Yeah, um, it must be. I mean, for all that, for all losing your individuality sounds bad mm. for us because we're in we we we've experienced individuality. If you go from not having it to having it. And then sort of not having it, and then having it again. Mm. <laughs> it must be difficult to sort of mm. find a sort of a where you're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, what's right? What's correct? Maybe what, when he t- he says, "Haven't the crew of the Enterprise done enough damage already?" He's not talking about him mm. and and the Borg. He's talking about the fact that back in season one, they built law. From, from his part <laughs> that clearly had been disassembled for a reason yeah. and what's the common denominator here yeah. guys <laughs> you guys coming along then all bits around. of android let's put them together because I'm sure he wouldn't have been dismantled for a good reason like he tried to murder a whole colony <laughs> oh, how many shit, t- also how many it. times how many times prior to descent her data gone nuts <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was well, thinking at the end, and the beaming back up with data, and they were all okie dokie fine with them. It's like, seriously, we need to look at this as a potential security <laughs> breach. Yeah. This, this is not the first time. Like the fourth time? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to happen again in one of the movies. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I suppose, I suppose, in a way, the. the that there is a bit of a weakening of the Borg here, because when the, the the Borg aren't really the ones making the decisions here, it's it's law, isn't yeah. it? And you could argue that it's like in a way it may it means that the the Borg are more of a tool in the story. Yeah, they are. But Absolutely. but that's I don't think that is a weakening of the Borg. A, the this is not the Borg. Mm. These are mm. corrupted individuals who've been cast away from the Borg because they're diseased as far as the Borg are concerned and they are looking for that voice in their head to tell them what to do and Laura takes on the role of that voice so I don't think yeah. you can say that this is a weakening of <coughs> the Borg yeah yeah because because yeah because they're sort of a a, a subset of mm. the Borg they're not they're not part of the collective anymore yeah. so in a way yeah you can justify that this this story is a bit of a tangent mm. from the yeah. this is another thing that happens that involves the Borg but <laughs> it's, a way to ha- it's a way to have the Borg in a story, but not sort of rehash best of both worlds. And yeah, and yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that from a from a feasibility point of view, they they probably they're running through stories with, with the Borg going. Well, if they're such a threat, how do we how do we have a story where they're still as threatening as they were before, but we don't do exactly what we did before? <laughs> yeah, because because clearly the Federation couldn't withstand a full frontal assault. The Borg, it just wouldn't. Mm. So we'd have to be another cube again, and we'd have to find a clever reason to. You know, we'd have to find a clever reason to defeat them. We can't. We can't mm. just defeat them with, with force. So, mm. so yeah. I mean, I think this is a good way of you know bringing back a 
a fan favourite and also yeah. more than one fan favourite the Borg and Hugh and then maybe even, and, and Law as well, well yeah. like you get you get like a whole bunch of fan favourite like, yeah. characters together and was this Law's last appearance in it the is, TNG? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, dismantled at the end. And right. never referenced it, again. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one wants to be dismantled at the end. What, <laughs> <laughs> well, the end? Ooh, yeah. does he, I don't think he even gets a mention in... Does he get a mention in Picard? No, they talk about B4. Yeah, yeah. But they don't mention Law. There's, um, there's so. a soft canon thing through the novels that suggests yeah. that Data s- dismantled the body... And, and stored Law's brain in a safe that had was basically programmed. If it was tampered with, it would destroy the contents. Mm. And the Enterprise crashing in Generations was enough to activate that system. So basically, okay. there's novels saying that that yeah, Law's brain was, was burnt, destroyed, or whatever in that system. But you know, I mean, yeah, it's not really. It could, that, it could be in that. It could be in that vault with all the other crazy AIs <coughs> in a daystrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I don't think this weakens the Borg as a whole. This takes a section of Borg, like you say, they they become a tool yeah. for Law's use. But also, we get to follow up Hugh's story, which I think was a great mm. thing because yeah. what happens to Hugh? What what then becomes the thing is what what happens to that planet? Yeah. And the Borg on it. Yeah. And we never really get an answer because we see Hugh again in Picard, but it, mm. we don't know what has happened, what has become of all the other Borg. That is a mm. good point, yeah. Because uh, in Picard, Hugh, where was where did they find Hugh originally? Where had Hugh come from? What, in Picard? Picard? In Picard, where he, was, he, was, was, he, working, on on, he was working on that cube. Mm. Right. So that was a, the... the that ball cube disabled and that was a joint project between Romulans mm-hmm. and Federation to analyse, break down the thing and try and slowly free the drones. Yeah. So he had been reabsorbed into the Borg then. So does that mean oh, well, I, well maybe not. Maybe he'd he'd remained a sort of individual I, I took it that he no, was no, taken no, into no, that project I mean because is... he was an XB already. Oh, I so ah uh, so so he what uh, so what I I'd taken from what you said that he was a part of the Borg on that cube. Ah uh, no, no no he was brought in he as was a brought in as an yeah, consultant because I think yeah essentially because you know it was a good but that raises the thing that there's sort of potentially a few thousand XBs mm. on this planet. What's happened to those guys? Mm. Yeah, um, and it'd be it'd be awesome to find out one day. But it's kind of also like that Voyager episode where Chakotay found that little colony. Um, that established themselves in a new cooperative thing. Uh, I wonder. I always wonder what became of those guys. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. It's like mm. well, we'll probably never. Find them. Yeah. I suspect we probably. And obviously, poor <coughs> Hugh didn't survive no. series one of Picard. So yeah, which is a shame. a shame. It is a shame. It was. It was. Picard only actually appeared in two episodes previous to that. Yeah. His 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 appearance in Picard was awesome. Mm. It was really good to see. Um, I just yeah. think the whole the way they what they did or well what they didn't do with the Borg in Picard was a real shame because there was scope for it wasn't it was just a um, uh, like a like a setting it was a setting mm. yeah. yeah they weren't they weren't they didn't go in they did some stuff with them but it was more like oh look at them they are 
sad. Mm. They they used to be, but apart from the the Romulan, was she Romulan or Vulcan? The Vulcan, sorry, who talked about the one, the destroyer. Oh, they were Romulans. Romulans, yeah. sorry. The se- the sexy Romulans. No, not the sexy Romulan. Not no, the sexy the bo- Romulan. The bo- oh, right, okay. Right. Her aunt, yeah, yeah it was, right, it was the, right. Well, they, they called, did they call her an aunt? But she, you, you saw she was yeah, originally she was there when they went, when Amber, they, yeah. when that group experienced that weird thingy that made them start clawing their eyes out and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, in fact, that's what brought down the cube, wasn't it? Originally? Could have been. Um, no. I need to rewatch the series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably try and do that before series two's out. Yeah. Um, we may see more Borg. <clears throat> They set some threads oh. in. Yes. Yeah. You so. do see some more ball, don't you? Mm. Yeah. yeah, so we, yeah, we that's yet it. see. Yeah, okay. Picard may still follow up on this. So Yeah. That's cool. We might we indeed we we might well discuss the uh season two Picard trailer mm. at some point. By the time we've released this episode, I bet season two will have come and gone. kind of we, we we have no stock of episodes at the moment, so we kind of need to get this one out soon. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I um, I always found Descent Part Two a little bit of a letdown after Part One. Mm. But I mean, I I really enjoy the um, well, like we said, all the stuff with uh, Crusher captaining the Enterprise, mm. and I, I I really like seeing Hugh again. And there's there's definitely big parts of part two that i really like but it just felt like it didn't live up to the cliffhanger <clears throat> that season one leaves us with because because there isn't the the, the borg never really did seem to be planning a, or law didn't seem to be doing anything about invading the federation mm. they just mill around on that base for ages <clears throat> and um he's only he's more law's more interested in data he is yeah he's which is kind of understandable and consistent but, uh, yeah I just felt like at the end of the episode they were kind of made, they gave us a tease that, that mm. they they didn't really follow up on. The sons of Sung have joined together. And together, we will destroy the Federation. I, su- I suppose if they were if they were making that story now, we would have several episodes, it would be an arc, and we would mm. see more stuff like that, but... But again, it, it's really unfair to take those today's TV standards and apply those in that way. I suppose, isn't it? Because that's not how they're able to do things. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. But maybe I mean yeah. maybe it's like because we said we said the Borg have so many expectations with them after what happened, and maybe there's a disconnect between what fans expect and what you know what a series was able to yeah. reasonably deliver. Yeah. And that was always going to sort of <clears throat> mar the episode. But actually, take if you can distance yourself from that there are so many good elements about this episode and i mean you could argue that okay if they had made part two more action heavy and we'd seen like you know some kind of attack fleet coming at the federation well is that really so different from best of both worlds are we actually getting a bit too close to a story we've already seen yeah and what would be interesting it would have been cool if it would have been cool if we'd seen the like the agamemnon and the crazy horse i think Mm. yeah Um, yeah that plan that they hint at Oh, they mentioned the Gorkon as well. Gorkon, yeah. Which I like. That that's, if, that, that's the ship that she ever arrived on, isn't it? Is that, is that the Exocio class we see? Yeah, I think so. Just, I just like that as a reference to um, Gorkon from Star Trek VI. So mm. We've got a ship named after the Klingon Chancellor who pushed for peace. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah. It's a nice little universe. It's completely irrelevant to the book, but you know. <laughs> I also yeah. I also liked the little bit where they were um, they were sweeping the the system for Borg and getting um, alerts from different colonies mm. saying the Borg are here. Ah, quick, let's go. And then getting really pissed off because, oh, no, wait, no. Oh, yeah, it was like a Frankie trader. Mr. Wolf, acknowledge the signal from New Berlin and transmit another copy of Starfleet's ship recognition protocols and tell them to read it this time. Aye, sir. The card's really angry. He's like, send send him another copy of ship recognition protocols and tell him to read it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But then he has just been bollocked by his boss. So he's in a bad mood. It would spook the Emperor, yeah. wouldn't it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, if you were yeah. a high alert, alert of rogue yeah. Borg coming and attacking, you would be very, very jumpy. Yeah, and Picard's not very understanding, are they? No. You'd, you'd think that he would be, <laughs> but he isn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Borg, yeah, I mean, the Borg continue to be something of a blind spot for him, don't they? Yeah. Bringing us back round to the sort of the idea behind this this whole episode, do we, do we, th- and I feel like I already know the answer to this. Do we feel like the TNG follow-ups to Best of Both Worlds it sort of weakened the Borg? I don't know. I don't either. No. Do you mean no. you don't know or you don't? <laughs> I don't think Full they stop. do. No. I think I think they. <laughs> yeah. I think iBorg is a brilliant idea in taking it in a different direction and doing something different because you can't follow up to Best of Both Worlds. Descent continues in that vein. I think it pays off Hugh's story very well. I'm not a massive fan of the Borg ending up as kind of a tool of someone else, mm. but it it makes sense in the story. So, and, mm. and as, as, as Gemma rightly points out, it doesn't weaken the Borg. Mm. It's purely a, a small group of it. So, it, yeah, I think um, just to the Borg are a tool. They 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 are they're cogs. Mm. They're in a machine. So. If you can take over control of those cogs, they're your cogs. Yeah, I suppose so. so mm. Yeah, I think I think it's always just the danger of how great the, everything had gone up to best and the best of both worlds. You keep bringing them back. If you can't make, if you're not going to be able to live up to best of both worlds every time, you're not going to be able to repeat that. Mm. And you run the risk of, of weakening them immediately if you just try and keep bringing them back, bringing them back. Um, I mean, you know, it could be argued that Voyager ran that danger a bit too far. Yeah. Um, mm. But that's, you know, a discussion we can maybe have another episode. Um, I kind of think, like, Spike on Buffy, when he came in, he was like this really, either built up as this really bad dude, he'd um, killed Slayers before and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, he couldn't win because you can't kill the main character. No. And he'd become... He, he, Oh, in the end, they had to turn him into the, a good guy because he's just becoming a buffoonish, you know, pantomime villain, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, that's that's how the Borg would have gone if they continued oh, to try totally. and do yeah. the same thing over and over. So that would yeah. have weakened the Borg. I think plus, the only thing they could do was try and do different stuff. Plus, yeah. it's boring. Mm. I mean, as I said, how many how many times do you want to watch them shoot out with Borg? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a hundred times. <laughs> the, the exciting thing would have been for for the Borg to win, to yeah. to, to conquer mm. the Federation, and but you can't do that because you're destroying the very thing that is your that's kind yeah. of the heart of your show. But yeah. I think you're right. I think that's maybe the only other logical 
where you can take the story. And you would have yeah. that. Like I think, I think in other in other shows that, that have this sort of existential level threat, they're sort of there's more there's more chance of that happening or they're they're sort of this there's sort of this thing this sort of level of reckoning that, mm. that deals out reckoning to to when a when a civilization gets to a certain point they sort of wake up or they they act the, but the way the book acts that the, the their sort of voracious nature means that they would they are just gonna mm. keep going and yeah i mean I still really like them. I I would definitely want to see them again in Star Trek. I'm just wondering. I mean, maybe in the Kelvinverse would be a good place to have them because you could you've got more a bit more room to change to not change them but make them more destructive. Perhaps mm. maybe maybe have them more of a threat. Maybe make them keep them a bit more faceless. Mm. You know things like yeah. that. I think. They're still great. It's just that you can't let them off the leash because if you do, they're just going to decimate everything. They're going to win. They're going to kill everybody. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TV Star Trek is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't have that. So, you know, you have to kind of rein them in a bit. And mm-hmm. fortunately, that means that, that you don't get them to be this... They're not as terrifying as they are when you first meet them. They can't, mm. live, up, they can't live up to that expectation. Yeah, the, the Q describes them perfectly in in Q Who. Like yeah, they're they're not interested in conquest or mm-hmm. they simply want your sh- they simply want your ship. Yeah, they just want your technology. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. want to absorb all your useful resources. <clears throat> I wonder what do they use to power their ships? Because I wonder where they would be after the burn. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They but oh, yeah, I guess then they they probably wouldn't have. They wouldn't have assimilated a spore drive info, would they? By some no, because no. spore drive, spore drive was lost to the Federation well, are, discovery. They must have assimilated. They must have assimilated races that had like a some sort of FTL drive that isn't warp. Well, I suppose they use those transwarp corridors, yeah, don't they? That's, FTL, that's, te- that's basically FTL yeah. drive, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but they, 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 we see them in best of both worlds using standard warp, and they can go really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's a dilithium thing. Mm. If they were, yeah, the burn. If we still have Borg by the time of the burn, who knows? Right. You know, Picard might might follow up on the Borg thing. We might find there's a good reason. There's no. It wouldn't be an issue. But Indeed. yeah, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's certainly been no mention in all the displays in Discovery since it's. No, it's and they've shown no quite a number of maps of mm. far-flung areas. So, I I wonder if they you know they they haven't decided whether. They want to do anything with the Borg yet, so they they don't want to have anything on screen to yeah. hint at it. Yeah, or not. maybe they, they want Discovery to have its own thing for a while. Yeah, and it may be but they they kind of been told to hold off until Picard's run its course because yeah. maybe Picard has got plans for Borg. And yeah, they don't yeah. Wanna, so yeah, who knows? No, it would be it would be good to see them again at some point, but. It, it needs yeah. to, yeah. I think what we've sort of said here is it needs to be a really good story. Yeah, we have to have I, a great concept for the Borg. Yeah, and yeah. I and I, I don't think TNG does weaken the Borg because to to be fair, the, there's a a lot of episodes that come after Best of Both Worlds. Only three of them have the Borg in, mm. and all three of those stories are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially I I Borg. I think is a great episode. 
Descent Part One and Two. I much prefer Part One to Part Two, but it's it's a it's a, a pretty fair two-parter. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I think like like you said, Gemma, the the it's it, it's not the Borg. Mm. It, it's a, a yeah subsection of the Borg. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> a chapter. And yeah, whether first contact and then Voyager sort of further weaken the, the original idea of what the Borg were is it's kind of another question and mm. it's probably not one we should answer here because we have other episode <laughs> ideas that we'd like to get through. So. Yeah. I just think like, I call to order this chapter of the Borg. My name's Croesus. I just want to thank Croesus and Croesus for <laughs> arranging this meeting and Croesus for arranging the food. Thank you, Croesus. And also Croesus. Um, and also, it wouldn't be anything without thanking Croesus. Croesus. Um, you, I love human, you, Croesus. Human male. Kick him in the spine. Kick him in the spine. <laughs> That joke oh, only works if I'm right and there was more than one person, one book called Croesus. Croesus. Croesus is that, that rich king from ancient times, isn't he? Damn it. You can, you can cut that joke out, Will. Oh. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, I think there might be more than one Croesus. I might be wrong there. Damn it. I wish I knew. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to Google it now. I think we should probably wind this episode up. Yeah. Um, uh, grab another drink and then continue podcasting. Because yeah. as we said at the beginning, yeah. we're in we're here actually in person for the first yes. time in a, in a couple of years. I think it is yeah. doing a doing a round table podcast. So um, yeah, we've got big plans for tonight. Yeah. As in recording at, at least one, one more podcast. So. <laughs> Those are pretty big plans. Ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we aim high, ten mm. backward. Cool, so, well, yeah. Sorry. You, you. Uh, no, you, no, you, no, go. you go. Ahead. No, you, no, you go, Rich. Anyway, bye. I was just going to say, <laughs> as ever, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, listeners, and we'll you'll hear from us again soon. I hope. Thank, thank, thank you, you. Bye. 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 Cheers. Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? That's bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at ten backward, ten being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk. On a personal individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can 
go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lower decks radio uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through itunes stitcher google play or we're on various third-party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 backward crew let's make sure history never forgets the name 10 backward laddie don't you think you should rephrase that 10 backward 10 backward i haven't talked to it why not so no need. If you're going to use this person... It's not a person, damn it, it's a Borg! If you are going to use this person to destroy his race, you should at least look him in the eye once before you do it. <laughs>